This is the Courier Talking Football. I'm Eric Nicholson and with me this week are Jim Spence and Ian Roach. Jim, you'll be glad to know I'm going to give you at least 15 minutes to figure out what you're going to say about your Dundee United for Europe prediction, whether, <laughs> whether, whether you're standing by it or you're, uh, you're watering it down a bit. Anyway, because we'll, we'll start off with St. Johnson who got, well, they got... It was a 1-0 win, and not you wouldn't normally say a 1-0 win against St. Murn is, is season-defining or anything close, but I think it was a, a very, very important one in the just the way the season was panning out because Saints had had a couple of games there in a row, a couple of home games in a row where they'd been dominant for big spells, particularly against Hibs, and then lost against both Aberdeen and Hibs late on. So... It was nil-nil at half-time and you kind of, if there had been fans in the ground, I think they would have all been saying the same thing of, here we go again, are we going to get punished for not taking our chances here? But on comes Stevie May, gets the goal, gets the win that they thoroughly deserved and it's a totally different a totally different picture for them, Jim. Jim, very important? Yeah, I think hugely important, Eric, particularly what you described, you know, the games that they lost when they probably should have expected to take something from them. Because, you know, the truth is, football's a brutal master. Um, very often you, you don't get what you seem to deserve from games. And that certainly happened, I think, to Saints in, in the games that you've talked about there. But they did get what they deserved. In fact, to be honest with you, they got a lot less than they deserved because they could have been three up at half time and they could have won the game about five or six from the chances that they created. They went close, they tested the keeper. Uh, and the goal itself, I thought was beautifully worked. I mean, Stevie Mays, come on, it'll do his confidence, the world of good. Um, and it was made, of course, and, and delivered by uh, Craig Conway, who I'm a big fan of. I've talked and waxed lyrical about him. And I thought the way he created the goal, dropped the shoulder, just gave himself half a yard to get by the man, put in a delicious low curling cross with just the right weight, just the right tempo. And, and Stevie May made a lovely run between the two defenders. You know, uh, it looks simple. It's not simple. It's got to be time to perfection. He, he goes in. I know he's described it himself as a tap-in. It wasn't a tap-in at all. It was still a little bit of work to be done. Not the first time you've seen those ones blown. So I thought the combination was, was perfect. And it was a result, I think, which probably starts now to put Saints back on the right track this season. Ian, I mean, and the goal itself was very, or the setup of the goal was very, it was, I'm sure, instantly recognisable for you, having watched Craig Comey year after year at Tanadice. Uh, his, his actual influence on the play was was across the park. He was he was tucked in behind behind the forwards. He was drifting either flank, predominantly down the right hand side. But he's he's already got a big influence on that St. Johnson. He just he keep, he makes he makes right decisions. He keeps play ticking over. He's not very wasteful. He's he's, he's kind of panning out to be the player that we thought he would be, isn't he? Basically. Yeah, I mean, he's a quality player, Scotland international. And what you'll be getting with him is you'll be getting Matt Sharp. Mm -hmm. um, I think the, 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 you know, the, the Craig Conway I remember, and you know, I've, I've followed his career as you do with players that, that go elsewhere. He, he's, he's still going to have the ability to, to cross the ball like that. You don't lose it. Um, as Jim right, rightly points out, it was a, he kind of threaded it over. It, was a, it wasn't just a hit. You know, it wasn't just a, a lucky hit. He, he, he picked out me. And I mean, I, I must say the St. Martin defending was uh, left a lot to be desired. And mm -hmm. I think I think they overall were quite poor. They were very poor. You're right to say that this was a St. Johnson performance that uh, was due reward. Um, we, we, we've been over the the, uh, the near misses uh, this season already. But this time they got 
they should have got more goals, as as we know. And uh, yeah, it was great to see. And uh, no, what you're getting with what you get with uh, somebody like Conway is you get you get authority in the dressing room. The players look up to him right away. They respect him. They know he's got a track record, and they know he's a key man straight away in the squad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's accepted by the group. And uh, you know he's settling in nicely there. And the key thing for me is he'll he'll be getting fit. He'll be getting really really fit as as he, the more he plays. Jim, I'll I'll admit when Saint when Callum Davidson made the double signing of the two boys from Millwall, two youngsters on loan, I thought, are they going to be squad fillers? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking, are, are, and you know, Callum said, oh no, they're here to challenge for first team places. But I mean, I've been absolutely stunned by the impact that. Danny McNamara has made it at right wing back. Not been stunned once I saw him because I, as soon as I saw him, I thought, "Oh, what the Saints have got a real gem of a player here at mm-hmm. Tannery's first one." He was, he was firing tackles. Remember, he had that that last ditch uh, sliding tackle to stop. I think it was Peter Pollock from scoring a winner. Yeah, but since then, if he's he's def he's definitely been Saints player of the season so far. I know we're only a few games in, but he's been incredibly consistent. He's 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 a rare mix of of fullback, wingback, whatever you want to call them. Usually, you can you, you look at them and you think he's a winger who they're trying to make turn into a bit of a defender, or he's a defender who they're hoping he can maybe you know whose final ball lets him down. You know, doesn't quite get past. You know, can't you know you would never expect him to get past a fullback. Balls are sailing in the stand, that sort of thing. But I think you could watch you could watch Danny. The biggest compliment I could pay him is you could watch Danny McNamara, and you could probably you'd probably get a fifty fifty split on people who thought he started out as a fullback or a winger, mm. and he, he did start out as a fullback. But he, he's got both sides of the game. If, if you've not got a tackle in you and you play at Millwall, you'll never go anywhere. So he's got that, and we now know that, you know. But uh, but sashaying forward, the way he takes men on, the drop of the shoulder, a wee bit of pace, you know. The, 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 the kinda, one twos, you know, the quite the, the one twos. You know what, Eric? I mean, and, and I don't take this the wrong way. I'm not comparing him with. But what popped into my mind when I was watching some of his terrific play up the uh, in the way. We like these. We like these. Come on, then. I thought Danny Danny McGreen. <laughs> yes, Danny McGreen. I thought you know can tackle as hard, can play the one. Two has got that bit of pace, can drop a shoulder inside, outside, but usually outside, go by a man, and and not you know a, a great word that you know uh, um, not used often enough in football. And Rocher just used it a minute ago there in connection with Conway. Not wasteful. Mm-hmm. If you're not giving the ball away, then you're retaining possession, and if you're giving the ball away to your own teammate, you're keeping possession. And I think that's important. And you know, he, he, he he's got so much to his game. Now I know we've seen this before. We've seen players come make a quim quick impact that you know the weight of the season psychologically physically eventually gets on top of them and they drift but early on looking at this uh, you know looking at this young man he looks he's a confident he's a confident young lad you know, not, not cocky but you know he's you know he's got that sort of you know the chest out mm-hmm. that you'd expect from a guy from london you know like you say brought up brought up at millwall there'll not be many shrinking violets in in the dressing room in and any other youth teams you would think coming through the ranks, would you? Oh, yeah, well, you, you would last it. You'd last about two seconds. I'd have thought of the den with that kind of attitude. You know, I mean, correct, no, correct. I mean, I, you just look at them and you think there, there's a player, there's a player with both defensive and attacking qualities. Now that's a rare commodity, uh, Eric. And, and with all due respect, it's a rare commodity to get. Uh, in, in the Premiership, outside of Celtic and Rangers, so for St Johnston to land, you know, a, a, a loanie like that is, is a terrific, uh, a terrific boost to them, a terrific signing, you know. And all of a sudden, both sides of the park 
Um, they've got uh, players who can push forward and give wins, and particularly when they're up against a four-four-two system, you know, it kind of, you know. It, it, it pushes them on and it gives the opposing defence lots, yeah. uh, lots of trouble. And he just, he, he looks to me an absolute quality signing. Oh, you, you'd like this one, Jim. I, I, when one of the the the, the 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 good points about, if you can call it a good point about the this strange scenario for watching football games is when you're reporting on them, you get to hear all sorts of stuff that you would never hear before. And yeah. <laughs> like Saturday, Saturday, for example, the uh, the St. Murn director's box was the most vocal I've heard yet. And it wasn't in a very positive way. And they're, they're coming down the stairs saying that should be 3-0 to them. And, you know, Tony Fitzpatrick saying this, that, that and the other. But at Ibrox, we were, we were sat in the, the, the enclosure. So two rows from the front, not the best working situation, it has to be said, but you, you, you were right up close to the action. Mm-hmm. And there was a there was a wee sort of, just your normal coming together in the corner flag between McNamara and Joe Aribo. And at this point, Saints were well in the game and they were kind of, they put, they put I think it was 1-0 getting close to half time. Rangers scored just in stoppage time just after it. But at that point, you know, Saints had put them off their stride. McNamara was having a really good game again. You know, sort of not, not showing too, not, not shown too much respect to the, the names in front of him. Mm-hmm. And of course, he wins this free kick when him and Aribo are, are having a wee tussle in the corner flag. And Aribo was losing his plot. And they were both having, they were have, giving a bit of the, the chat on the way back. And Aribo was basically saying, I, I don't even, I'd, I'll not say the exact words he said, but it was like, <laughs> I don't even know who you are. And uh, McNamara was, was kind of just like giving as good as he got type thing. Well, <laughs> I think in a few months, most people will know who Danny McNamara is. I, I, I'm going to make that prediction, that's for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think he, look, he looks, you know, early, it's early days, Eric, we know that. But, I mean, he looks to me, and, and you know, the, the couple of times I've now seen him, he looks as though he's got the, the full package. It's all there. And particularly, I must admit, you know, I mean, instinctively, I, I, I prefer forward play to defensive play. That's not for a minute to underrate defensive play. Hugely important. But there's nothing, there is nothing better than watching, you know, a, a wide player taking his man on. And there's nothing better in particular than watching a guy who theoretically is a defender, a full back, who's got that brilliant ability to gallop forward, play one-twos, you know, uh, go past, you know, whether it's, you know, overlapping with Conway there, play the one-two, go by and get the cross into the box or, or you know, or then to provide Conway to get the cross in. Uh, it, it's terrific and it's, it, it's exciting. And, and I think that's what people want to see. They want to be entertained. They want to win. Uh, and I think by the looks of McNamara, Saints have got a winner um, in the squad. Well, Ian, he's not the only one overlapping because Saints, Saints have developed this this formation, this style of play that is is it's keeping it's other opposition managers are finding it hard how how to match up to it because you know you're seeing Jason Kerr in particular on the right, uh, less so with with Jamie McCart on the left. But Jason Kerr's going going beyond McNamara, going beyond the strikers on you know inside and out. It's it's clearly something that's been worked on. So basically, you know the three that's you know Sheffield United were the are the famous one with the, the overlapping fullbacks, but St Johnson are doing something similar. So it's it's proven very difficult. It's something different. We like to see different tactics in the t- in the top flight, don't we? Yeah, I agree, and also Saints fans, uh, I imagine, would be keen to see what. What are the subtle differences between Callum's team and you know what we've what's gone before? Um, because you know he's a new manager coming in. Uh, Tommy Wright, Tommy Wright, such a success there. What's what's Callum going to do differently? And you're seeing these these little tweaks here with how how he's how he's doing it. And, and I agree with uh, McNamara's 
uh, look the look of Mark Namara when he goes forward. He does look like a midfielder. He looks like an attacking midfielder bursting up there. Um, and so that that's great. It adds it, adds, it gives the opposition uh, problems when you have uh, defenders going up the sides, coming inside. It, it gives them something to think about. And I actually think that you know. If, if if McNamara was probably playing, at, I say, a Hibs or Aberdeen or something like that, he'd be a candidate for uh, Player of the Month. I mean, we're into September now. Mm-hmm. He's had such a good month mm-hmm. uh, with with St. Johnson. I think, why not? Why should he not be? You know, a, 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 in with a shout of that. Uh-huh. Um, I think he should be because he's been exceptional. And, and you you quite rightly say. He's been St. Johnson's best player. Ian, the, the, the thing is now, uh, Ian, I think, you know, the, you, you look at Saints and all of a sudden, you know, you, you've got you've got Conway who, um, you know, is, is giving them that, uh, you know, that, that ability on the left to get quality crosses in, you know. Um, you know, wh- whether he's still got the kind of 30, 40 yard bursts that, that he once had, I don't know, but he doesn't need it as we, we talked about that earlier on. Uh, you know, if he can... You know, if he can employ the ability on the left-hand side to be in a position where he's getting a ball, you know, towards the last third, he's getting a ball, all he needs is five or ten yards, he only needs half a yard to beat his man, you know, so, you know, he's got that instinctive short burst of pace to get quality crosses in. On the other side, you've got Matt Namara pushing forward, Kerr coming from behind him. Well, is up front, he's no slouch either, so all of a sudden, you to me, the greatest, the greatest destroyer in the game is people with pace. Pace pace properly used, you know, is very, very hard to handle. You know, I mean, guys with skill, there, are, there have been plenty of guys with skill about the game yeah. um, who have lacked maybe that wee burst of pace and and it can it can severely hamper their career. And, and it's coming from all over the pitch, Jim. All over the pitch, Ian, that's right. And I think that's why I think you will now start to see Saints kind of motor on. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, that, that result of the weekend will have given them huge confidence. It would have been a real blow had they lost that one because they were so far ahead. Yeah. I mean, Jim Goodwin, in fairness to Jim Goodwin, Jim Goodwin took it absolutely on the chin. Jim Goodwin's one of the best, he, he's one of the best, he's one if he's one of the best, if not the best, managers for giving a fair post-match assessment. Fair and, assessment, and honest post-match. He's, he's been, uh, and I'm not saying he was, maybe shell shock's probably taking it too far, but he he stressed, he he obviously, he feared this game, I think, because he, he said, look, I watched St. Johnson against Aberdeen and Hibs, and I thought they were very, very unlucky. And he made a he made a tact, he made a tactical substitution in the first half to try and change things. He made two or three formational things, and nothing he tried stuck. And you know, I think he he looked in it. I, I, I don't think he was surprised, but I think he I think he'll he'll go away thinking. Dearie me, we were we were totally outplayed. It wasn't as if they were. Ma- it wasn't as if St. Mun were getting. You know they were making, they were shelling balls in the stand or whatnot. It was just they were just outplayed in all departments, and it was you don't usually see it with two teams that you would expect to be roughly in the similar part of the similar part of the table. But the point I was going to make to you, Jim, next was Ian mentioned. Ian was about to take us on a point I had written down that uh, he mentioned the word subtle, the subtle changes between you know uh, Tommy to 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 Callum. I've have you been surprised that it's been more than subtle? For me, I I expected Callum Davison to put his own imprint on the team, but it's, I think it's very different, isn't it? This the style of play. Yes, I mean, 
Under Tommy, undoubtedly, people tended to think that, that, that you know, St. Johnson were, um, you could almost see a Hearts-like team. They weren't particularly necessarily set up to to play, you know, swift attacking football. Now, that, I think, was often unfair. Mm-hmm. Um, however, it, it was, you know, perception is perception is nine-tenths of everything in football. People people perceive things, they get things into their head and off they go. However, I think there's no doubt that, that, that there's a more, you know, I hesitate to use the word swashbuckling, but there is a freer approach, a, a different style that um, that Callum Davidson has employed. But I think also, you know, if there have been subtle changes, there have been subtle changes in terms of his recruitment as well. He's he he's he's been gifted a very decent squad, a young squad, an energetic squad, a talented squad. Yeah, we've what said that done? all along, haven't we? Yeah, it was a it was a it was a very good inheritance. Great inheritance, you know. I mean, normally if you inherit a football club, you're inheriting kind of a club that's on the way down, um, or, or that are really really struggling. You know, very seldom do you inherit a club in a terrific shape. Now he's done that, but. Uh, in between times, it's it's the cute signings he's made, and the main one that we can see at the moment is Mark Namara. I think really good managers come in, they assess what they've got. I, I think the sign of immaturity quite often with a manager in any walk of life is they come in and they think, I've got to make changes, I've got to let people know I'm the boss. The smart manager comes in and looks and thinks, hey, I want to watch here, this is very decent couple of wee tweaks, a couple of wee changes, uh, and, and hey presto, we're, we're, we're good to go. And I think that's what Callum Davidson has done. He's come in, he's known instinctively. I mean, he, he knows Tommy anyway, so he would have known, and he knows Saints, so he knew what he was getting. But he's known, and, and he's looked, and when he's known he was getting the job, he's looked around and thought, right, there's a couple of positions that I would change, but there's a couple of kind of signings that I think would strengthen, bolster the squad, and that's what he's done. So, the ship has been very, very steady. There's been no panic when they lost those games very, very narrowly. And they've come out, and I think they've shown against St. Martin just what they're potentially capable of this season. I think a great deal of excitement lies ahead for Saints, assuming they can, as I always say this in football, no doubt we were touching on it with United, you've got to maintain the levels and you've got to hold those levels physically, mentally, as the season goes on. Uh, St. Johnson, I think, are in a pretty good position to do that. And for you, Ian, before we move on to... To United, did, was it important for 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 Callum that he he put his stamp on the team very early and and made the changes, whether you think they're subtle or or or, or more significant? What what it shows is a self confident manager who um, is knows what he wants from his players, and I think that uh, I think that's what we expected from Callum. Us lucky enough to uh, have worked with him, uh, you were expecting him to to come in and almost you know push Saints on. And and that's what he's doing, and it's great to see. And it's it'll be unfortunately supporters can't see it just now, other than via their, their laptops. However, when the fans get back in the stadium, they'll be delighted to see how Saints are getting forward with pace and and using the flanks like they are. And you've got young talent. You've got you've got the talent like McNamara. You've got experience of Conway. As as Jim says, it's all looking good. Well, Jim, I, I would imagine you, you were you getting the. Were you getting the blame from United fans on uh, on Saturday Saturday tea time? <laughs> you saying predicting European football and the like. What's 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 the uh, what's the latest prognosis after four 0 at Kilmarnock? A mere blip. What one swallow doesn't make a summer. That, that's the first thing. I mean, I, I think I'm, I'm resisting the calls for Melon must go for the moment. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I, th- I think that I have to say, firstly, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it. Um, is it a wake up call? Well, yes. Uh, it, it's a, it's a kind of wake up call 
to just how difficult and how brutal Premiership football can be. I don't think many folk would have expected a 4-0. Um, the goals that they lost, no doubt, we'll come to in a moment or two. Uh, but the, the, the thing is, from United, from United's perspective, Ian, I mean, I think last week I was saying, looking at the side, I think there's a, there's a fair deal a degree of energy. He's given youth academy players uh, a turn and all the rest of it. As I've written in the column this, this season, uh, you know, in recent weeks, um, the, the key challenge for United, we want to mention with Saints there a minute ago, and if Saints are better equipped because they've got more experience of the Premiership, it's maintaining standards week in, week out, mentally and physically. And you could quite clearly see with a couple of the goals that United shipped that a lack of concentration, Mickey Mellon called it naivety. Call it naivety, call it a lack of concentration, call it a lack of good decision making. Uh, all of those things combined to see them undone, by a, a real hammering uh, 4-0. Um, and those are the kind of things that you cannot afford every week. Now, this is where you get into dangerous territory. It's not very well. Usually we hear all the kind of, I'll go and look at the video again. I'll, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go over this, we'll go over that. We will learn lessons. That's great if you learn the lessons. Um, there were many lessons that, 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 that came from it. You know, I mean, the, <clears throat> you know, if, if you looked at the goals individually, the first goal from Kabamba, the header, uh, you know, in between, two, obviously a big lad, good in the air and all the rest of it, but in between two central defenders so easily to power a header home. Um, the second goal again from Brophy, quick, you know, a neat flick on over the back of the defence, too quick for the defence, goes through, uh, slots that away very, very nicely indeed. And Kabamba's third, I mean, so much room, so much time when the ball should have been probably put into the stand by uh, uh, Connolly as opposed to kind of trying to play football back there, just put the ball at the stand. The greatest, probably the greatest player United. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a should. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I mean, you know, the, the, the greatest player Dundee United ever had, David Neary would have done it. Yeah. You know, big Neary, big Sash would have just cleared the lines. 100%. You'd have just put it out of the park. Danger threatens, put it out of the park. You know, if it's out of the park, it's not in your net. Um, and then the Mackenzie goal, well, by that time, with four minutes to go, it's done and dusted um, anyhow. You, but again, that, that you know, a goal of kind of utter simplicity. So United were undone and they could have no complaints. They were undone by a, a, a team who were more streetwise and street smart on the day. So it's a real wake-up call. If they learn from it, and if they tighten up at the back and they make the right decisions when they're under pressure, that'll be fine. If they don't, there could be a few more of those uh, in the season. Now, I did suggest, you know, that early on, who, who knows, they could well be going for um, for a European yeah, place. To, it's a to tough be one. fair to you, Chairman, you, you did, you did, you weren't saying they would. You just said, look, if if, if they keep if they keep this if, going, if, and, and that's a big if. What I would say is this: I kind of stand by my prediction because the one thing that that the one thing that um, that you know, that there was no jubility about was Benjamin Segrist had no chance with any of his goals. I saw somebody last night, the, the fourth goal... Made a couple of good saves. The yeah, the clip, <laughs> the clip goal was a thing of beauty. It was beautiful, a wonderful move. You know, it, it was just so simple. It was so simple, four passes, but it was a thing of beauty. Um, and I heard somebody saying, he's a tall keeper, but he didn't have a chance. He didn't. I mean, at the angle, at the clip of the ball and the angle, it wouldn't have mattered if he was 10 foot two. He wouldn't have got it, you know. So the keeper, to me, absolved from blame. He had no chance with any of the goals, but defensively, United have to be much, much tighter than that. Ian, was uh, Mickey Mellon used the word naivety? I thought that was maybe, was that, the, was that the right word you would have used as well? Because there was some of the, some of the senior guys were making the mistakes and you wouldn't, you wouldn't usually associate naivety with, with guys like, of uh, 
Mark Connolly's experience, for example? Well, I think naivety was the word he used uh, to describe how they moved forward, how they they chased the game, they left themselves open at the back. Now, of course, it's up to the manager to make sure that doesn't happen. I take it he thought that the players weren't quite following his instructions. Um, But I think you can't be too hard on United here because they did a lot of things right. They had 67% of the possession 19 shots on goal and only, you know, 19 shots at goal and only one on target. And I, I made the point in my uh, my match piece after the analysis piece that they missed Lauren Shanklin and for the first time they really did. Um, because he, if he'd taken one of these chances at the right time and they had a period even in the second half for about 20 minutes when they, they really dominated, the Shanklin goal at that point, just as he'd done so often the last season, would have made all the difference. So, I think I think Mellon uh, is quite honest, and uh, you know, you you mentioned about um, honest analysis by managers, and I think Mellon is is, is quite like that. But you also, um, I interviewed uh, Mark Reynolds as the captain after the game. He he used the word naive as well. So I think I think that was the message getting hammered home in the dressing room afterwards, certainly. So, Jim, we've got a wee gap now between uh, the international break. So, United have got a tough up, well, as tough as they get at the moment. They're going to the league leaders, Rangers. But after that, they've got th- they've got three what you'd like to think were winnable games: St. Mern, Hamilton, and Livingston, I believe. So, I think, listen, we'll have a good impression of where you. It seems like stating the obvious, but we'll have a good impression of where where United are after that little lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, the the, the, the international break will, will, will give a chance to do a couple of things. It'll give um, Mickey Mellon the chance to to work on some of the, you know, the, the, the those decisions which he called naivety. Hopefully get a couple of signings in as well. Yeah, get a couple of signings in uh, uh, and also, you know, hopefully bring Lawrence Shanklin back to, to full fitness and, 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 and work on that. Naivety, just touching on what you were, you know, talking about with, with Ian, I mean, he, Naive is normally described as a, a lack of experience or wisdom or judgment. Well, certainly it was, uh, you know, a lack of judgment, I think, in a, in a couple of the cases where they lost those goals. Now, they've got to work on that. The, the, the big fear for me is that they need to work very, very hard on the shape and, 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 and culling, culling that kind of, you know, bad decision-making because, you know, Rangers have looked, from what I've seen of Rangers this season, and the league table quite clearly shows, I think they are a very, very useful looking team. They look smart, they look quick, they look uh, pretty sharp. And and that, you know, that's a game that could go really quite badly wrong uh, for United. Now, after the, what has been a pretty decent start of the season, that's the last thing they need to do is to take a real doing um, from Rangers. And I know what you say when it looks as though the, the, the following three fixtures are, are they're certainly easier than the Rangers game, Eric, but I don't think <laughs> there is an easy game in this league. You know, I, I think there, there are teams that, you know, there's there's much of a muchness, certainly among the, the teams that will be in the bottom six. So I don't th- I think you're going to have to fight and bite and, gr- you know, um, grasp everything you can uh, in this league. The difference between this and the championship, the championship was a tough league as well. United had the extra quality. I know they slipped away towards the end under Nielsen and all the rest of it. 
But this is a different league. There is that wee higher bit of quality and you've got to be on your metal physically and mentally every single week. Some players can't handle that. And, and that's, that's, the, that's the key. Very shortly, Mickey Melm will start to find out who can handle what, what they can handle, how much they can handle and what they can't handle. Uh, and in between times, I mean, the reaction from some United fans on Saturday after the result was brutal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely brutal. You know, asking Mark Ogren to get his hand in his pocket and Mellon to get signing. That's the nature of football. We know that. We saw the some of the reaction to Neil Lennon, the defeat to Ferencvaros the other week was absolutely, you know, it was almost criminal uh, in my view. That's what football fans do. I, th- I think, though, that Mickey Mellon probably does need to look at where he brings in um, extra uh, ability. Uh, some people will say defensively, that they, they, they still need to shore up. And I think attack-wise, you've only got Shanklin. When Shanklin drops out, you're now seeing there's a real lack of goal threat. So he's got to use this couple of weeks pretty profitably, I think. Ian, is it as you, you, you focused in on the Lawrence Shankland effect or the the lack of a Lawrence Shankland effect at, uh, at Rugby Park. Is it as simple as you get Lawrence Shankland back in that team and all becomes well again? Well, uh, I think that's that is a bit simple to say that. But what they needed was what they needed was a finisher. Now they've either got to get him fit again, uh, or I would say they also need to uh, add to the squad. So there's a need for there's a need for front players there. Mellon is looking around. He's 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 looking at the English market definitely. Um, so we'll see what they come up with. But by the time the transfer window shuts, United will need more attacking quality in their squad than they have now. I mean, it really was the, the one shot they had on target was Callum Butcher. You know, so it wasn't even wasn't even a front player who who was doing the the the, the bulk of the shooting. So th- there's a problem there. Um, and and as for this, as for the Shankland injury, we just keep hearing, you know, he's nearly there, he's nearly there. Hopefully, these the two weeks of the international break now that he's out of the Scotland squad, they'll give him time to really get back. He should be back for Rangers. If not, then you have to start saying, well, it's a long term injury, and and you know how how bad is this going to be for him? So United, need, it's not just as simple as getting Shankland back. He would have helped enormously on Saturday because he knows how to be in the right positions. Uh, and he would have posed more a threat than what they had on the park. But um, no, they need to add to the squad. I mean, they really do. Jim, we're about. To, I'm going about to take you into uh, dangerous podcast territory here because we could we could be seriously out of date by the t- by the time certain people listen to this one. But I think we'll need to. We definitely need to talk about it because even even if the transfer doesn't come off, it's a big bit of news for Dundee fans that they're in for Charlie Adam. It's one of these that. Uh, He's kind of he always kind of thought this would happen at some point, given the fact that that Charlie's always he, you know he's he's never he's never hidden his affection for the club. Let's put it that way. And of course, he, he played in a couple of testimonials down at the Crystal Palace one, and then in uh, in Dave Mackay's St Johnson testimonial for Dundee, he's always he's always spoken about his love for the club, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And now the way his career's going, the kind of the two of them are. It's more. It's a more realistic join between uh, between player and, and club. Although I think a lot of people would say that Charlie Adam could still be performing at a higher level than the, the Scottish Championship. But anyway, Dundee want to get him, and it's a. While we record this podcast, it is a strong possibility still. Is it a, before before we get onto the the sort of the glut of midfield central midfielders that Dundee have? Is it one that you expected to happen at some point? Is it? Do you feel this is a two plus two equals four? 
I've often wondered about it, Eric. In fact, you know, I, I, I kind of I speak to Charlie now and again on Twitter, whether we crack now and again on Twitter, because he's always, a, you know, he's a great supporter of his home city and everything, you know, and, and you, you kind of say, mm-hmm. you always see that on Twitter, you know, the guys that are involved in football, mm-hmm. either as journalists or players, we tend to kind of, we chew the fat on, on Twitter and we have a laugh and all the rest of it, but there's always been that sense. In fact, I've asked him that on Twitter once or twice in the past, not too distant past, uh, don't you fancy a return to Dens? I mean, from purely box office uh, point of view, I think it would be great. I think he, he's been a terrific professional. I mean, he's played for Liverpool, Stoke, Rangers. He's played at the highest levels. He, he, you know, what you're bringing in terms of professionalism and all the rest of it um, to the club uh, can only be guessed at, at the moment. He's, 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 what, 34 now, Charlie? You know, so he's not a spring chicken anymore, but I, I can't go back on what I previously said. I'm not a believer in writing guys off because of age and if you've kept yourself fit. And depending on the type of player you are, depending on what type of role you are, you don't necessarily need to be Usain Bolt. We've talked about Craig Conway at St. Johnson. He probably no longer has the 30, 40 yard burst in him that he had as a fresh faced 21 year old at Dundee United. But what he does have, he still has that short burst, that ability to destroy a man over half a yard. Charlie Adam never had that, but what Charlie Adam has got is a range of passing and shooting, which no, 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 no yeah, one against. He's, he's, he's the quarterback, isn't he? That's that's the kind of role, isn't he? Absolutely. He just sprays, ping, pings diagonals all across the park. You know, get land them on land them on the proverbial sixpence, set piece delivery, all that sort of stuff. You're right. So he's he's a lack of pace isn't going to affect, isn't going to diminish his game too much. No, you 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 would you could almost see Charlie just kind of planted in a not a holding midfielder role, but you know, almost a, a a libero role just before that, and just pinging twenty five yard passes to you know to people straight to people's feet or beautiful dink balls over the defence for the speed merchants to to get onto and all the rest of it. You know, taking taking the free kicks, um, you know, the set pieces from dangerous positions and all the rest. Of it. I mean, he has got that ability. I mean. Dundee, you know, they've been, they've been busy, haven't they? They've signed Ashcroft, Mullen, uh, Jakubiak uh, already as well. So that would be the fourth. I mean, undoubtedly, that, that would be the star signing if it comes off. You never quite know what's going on with these with these deals, Eric. Sometimes I kind of wonder that, you know, that both parties are using it for, you know, for a wee bit, uh, you know, increased publicity or, 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 or they think it might come off, but they're not really sure. You know, it might be that Charlie, uh, other potential suitors see Charlie going elsewhere and think, actually, you know what, we'll mm-hmm. In and we could get grab him. Yeah. We, we, you know, now that now that you mention it, because people forget things very quickly. And if you've not been playing, if you've been out of the limelight, all of a sudden, you know, it requires you know headlines in the newspapers or in broadcast media for somebody to go, a chairman or a manager, somebody to go, geez, oh, I've forgotten Charlie Adams is still about, and they suddenly make a move now. Tony, Tony Ashgar, Jim. <laughs> well, if, if, if they do that, well, I must admit, I, I, I did once think about asking Charlie if he fancied a wee trip back to town of this. I don't think that would happen under any circumstances. You know, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's a big blue nose. Charlie's a Charlie's a, a, a Dundee man. His, his, his loyalties lie at Dench parts, as simple as that. So if he is going to come back. Back to his native city, um, it would only be to one side uh, of the street. It would be a fascinating, you know, it would be an absolutely fascinating signing. I think if, if they could get him. If he's, you know, to be honest with you, like if, if, if he retains a half of what he has, mm-hmm. uh, what he had previously, it'd still be a great signing for Dundee. And Ian, people, you can kind of, you, you can be a bit disparaging about saying things. Oh, he, he'll, he'll sell season tickets and get people in the grounds when we're allowed people in the grounds. But that's important as well, isn't it? You know, Dundee fans particularly need something to get excited about. And, you know, the return of uh, the prodigal son would, would 
would do just that, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, what you get with uh, Charlie is he's he's a lifelong Dundee fan. Everybody knows it. More impo- most importantly, the Dundee fans know it. He loves the club. He played that game down at uh, Crystal Palace, wasn't it? Um, and the fans loved that. Now, he's, he's, he's 35 in December, so cracking on a bit there but you'd get two two good years out of him I would think and what you get you're getting a you're getting a Scotland player you're getting a, you're getting a, okay he's, he's older now but he, he's 26 caps I think he's got I, I actually think he would be a bit like um uh, uh Gary Harkins type player in there now Dundee have, uh, as we all know I've got a part to midfield they've got plenty of midfield options there but I think a Charlie Adam would uh would push his way in there and and, and stay there and uh listen if he's there, if, if fans are in the shop getting getting his name on the back of the shirts, what's the problem? Really, I, I don't see what the problem is. It would be a, a wise move by the club, both financially and, I think, most importantly, on the pitch. Well, Jeb, but let me let me play devil's advocate just for, for, for the for the podcast. And there is a there is an argument that says a central midfielder is the last position that Dundee need to strengthen in just now. I mean, I would just, by, by my very poor maths, they've currently got five guys and five guys who would expect to play for that central area of the pitch. You've got Graham Dorans, you've got Paul McGowan, who admittedly can play a bit further forward. You've got Sean Byrne, you've got young Finlay Robertson, and you've got Jamie Ness. Now, if you're bringing Charlie Adam in, you're going to have to think about, well, there's potential of, you know, guys who are building up a bit of rhythm before before all this coronavirus happened, you know, their game being affected or even being put out of the team. And have you got to get rid of a couple as well? I mean, how, how do you see the, the balance of things in there in, in that midfield and the necessity for Dundee to have a central midfielder? You know, Charlie Adam or anybody. Well, I, I I think quality is always the key. And if you can sign a player like Charlie Adam, who has um, or ha- had last time I saw him, still had undoubted quality, and, and with all due respect, much more quality than is currently available at Dens Park. Mm-hmm. Why would you not sign him? So it's an up. So it's an upgrade, basically. That's it, it, it's it's an upgrade. Um, a couple of things. One one thing that just struck me: how many how many father and son duos have, have played for either side for either side of the street because oh, Charlie nice. Senior uh, played for United yeah, yeah. played a half a dozen games for United and, and young Charlie if, if he does come up you know to Dundee that'll be a fascinating weekend of pub question somewhere down the line but no it would be a, it would be a big upgrade the other thing is this what I wonder about is if they're bringing Charlie in um, you know might he be, I know that at the moment you've got kind of um, the management side in there might he be thinking long term uh, in terms of some kind of managerial role for him, you know, somewhere down the line, if James McPake ever moves but on are to, you, are you saying James Mc, James McPake should be looking over his shoulder? No, no, no. I'm saying if, if James is ever thinking, you know, in future terms and moving on from Dens or something like that. I mean, he's in at the moment with, with uh, Dave McKay's as assistant manager. I don't, I don't see any threat to those two. But if you've got a guy like Charlie Adam coming in with a kind of experience, I mean, he's got vast experience, Eric, vast experience, you know, and he's still a potentially, a, you know, a, a, a fine midfielder, um, you know, set pieces, he'd be a danger from set pieces and all the rest of it. Be brilliant for Finlay, Ro- you know, Finlay Robertson's got, uh, you Could know, you imagine learning a, your... A Graham, a Graham Dorans yeah. and, and, 
Could you imagine it? You know, le- learning your craft alongside Every day's a school day for him, no, yeah. Absolutely. Brings all, all the best of habits uh, with him. I mean, to me, it, it would be a win-win situation. Unless there's something we don't know, unless he's carrying some kind of injury. I mean, I saw somebody the other day, a United fan having a cheap pop. I believe he's not as not as good. He's not the player we remember. I mean, that's you know, look, the bottom line is, um, Dundee, if they are going to sign, will have done their homework on it. They'll know what kind of physical condition he's in and all the rest of it. You know, I mean, it, on the basis of what we know of Charlie Adam, it, it would be a very, very astute signing indeed. But would you would you move a couple on though? Because you can't. There's no way in the world you can keep that on a. On, let's let's remember a shorter season in the Championship. There's no way you can keep that number of central midfielders happy, is there? That, that's right. So I mean, you know, you you either you either then kind of very very quickly it becomes apparent who are the fall guys. You know, it very quickly becomes apparent mm-hmm. uh, the first couple of times the team sheet goes up, players quite quickly get to know, and there's going to be a brave man who chaps the door of the manager of James McPaint and says, "By the way." I should be on that team sheet instead of Charlie Adam, you know, very good son. Mm-hmm. What to just point to your achievements in the game, you know, <laughs> um, it's, I mean, it's, you know, very, very quickly it will become apparent who it doesn't feature any longer in the plans. And then it's, you know, can you get rid of them? How do you get rid of them? Move them on. Football's a brutal game. We know that, you know, um, but, the, the, the key thing for James McPay, because remember as well, J, you know, J, James is still a youngish manager learning his trade. Um, this is a big, big season. It's a truncated season. It's a season in which there'll not be a lot of room or time to get it right or make mistakes. Um, you know, they open against Hearts. What a tough one that's going to be. Uh, so, you know, a short season, no time to, to, you know, to make mistakes. Uh, you, you will need experience. In the heat of battle, you will need experience in there. And, and I can think of fewer... You know, you, you've also got to think of what's available, Eric. You know, you've got a unique situation here. You've got a hometown boy, mm-hmm. a Fintry boy, who loves the city, loves the club. Um, you know, he's got all the experience in the world. If he's got half the ability he previously had, why would you not do it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. Ian, the one thing that I thought Dundee's midfield needed, and again, I mean, I I, I agree with Jim. I think if, if, you're, if, if you can upgrade in any position, and particularly when you've got the, the sort of the fringe benefits that you get with Charlie Adam that, you know, you just do the deal. It's, and then, then you think about who you're, who you're going to move on. But the one thing that I thought Dundee's midfield needed, and I think James McPeg might have agreed pre-lockdown as well, was when he, he needs legs, basically, because Ross, Ross Callaghan was brought in. And when he, he broke his leg, you know, he didn't have that sort of the box-to-box energy. You know, do they, do they, it would beg the question, do they still need that? You know, even if they get they get Charlie Adam in because he ain't going to be a he ain't going to be a box to box midfielder in the in the championship. Yeah, I do think I do think the uh, the midfield needs pace. But then uh, every Dundee fan will agree with that. You just have to watch the team and and, and you're looking at you're looking at uh, Adam though, and we do accept as uh, as has been pointed out. You know, he, he would be an upgrade on 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 what they've got. I just think you need to find the space for him, and then you have younger legs. Uh, if we can find them, maybe Robertson to 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 do the running for him. Now Callahan would have been idea ideal. It didn't it didn't quite work out. So probably something for for the manager to think about there. I think you. Know, but then then he's signing another midfielder. You know we've got we've got there be queuing at the door there at Dens to to get in. Um, so there's a problem there. But I th- I just think they can't turn down uh, Charlie Adam if if he comes knocking at their door. They really can't. Uh, it's then a case of you look at the squad, you address the squad with him in it, and you say, "Well, how do we how do we build a team out of this?" But listen, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, fingers crossed, he does 
it, it, it all comes it all comes good for Dundee because it'll give them a perfect boost. It's been a difficult summer for Dundee overall uh, for all the reasons that we've spoken about before. This is good news. This is positive news. You know, they're back training as well. So this is a good time. It's a good time for the fans. Um, and uh, here's hoping it continues until they actually get the action started. Well, Jim, let's let's hope it. Let's hope the deal does get done. And even if it doesn't get done this time, you kind of you do still get the feeling that you know at some point Charlie Adam is is going to be end up playing for Dundee. I was just interested just before we finish off. Can you think of you think of any examples around our part where these these sort of you know homecoming hero type things have have, have worked out at, at the end of their careers? I'm thinking of a couple at St Johnston, which they're all right, they weren't disasters, but. They didn't. They didn't quite. You know, the, the the players that came in. I'm thinking of Raymond Stewart and and Ian Redford. Mm-hmm. You know, local boys. By the time they came back, they weren't the players that were playing for. You know, West Ham, Scotland, and in, in Raymond Stewart's case, and uh, he could still take a penalty, by the way. And uh, in Ian Redford's case, you know, when he was at the, probably at the peak of his powers at, at United, possibly. You know, and and Ipswich Town before it. You know, can you think of an example where it's been? You know, where where the the sort of the the team that the the guy supported, I've I've seen the best of him or or near to the best of one of these no, guys coming back. I, I think that's the caveat, <clears throat> and those are a couple of pretty good examples that you use. I mean, they look, I mean, look, it's quite simple that you know that St. Johnson previously wouldn't have got Redford, or you know they wouldn't have got Ready, or they wouldn't have got Ray Stewart had they still been at the peak of their powers. That that's the reason you know that these guys moved to bigger clubs in the first place. And similarly, it's part of the yeah. part of the deal that you don't get the you don't get the full package yeah. basically. Yeah. No, that. that that's right. I mean, if, you know, if, if Charlie was absolutely still in his pomp, he, you know, he wouldn't be coming back to to Dens because, for starters, his earning power would be a multiple of about you know ten times, twenty times what he could uh, earn at Dens Park. So you know that that goes with it saying. And Dundee fans are not stupid; they know that. You know, they'll they'll know that's part and parcel of the script. But the bottom line is, he's coming back to the Scottish Championship, and it's not a case of denigrating. It's not a case of setting English football against Scottish football and the rest of it. It's a simple fact of life, um, Eric. The game at the level that Charlie has played and trained at is a, a different notch from from you know on a on a weekly basis from what he you know we will see here. So if he's if he's got, I, I hesitate to use fraction. I said half earlier on. But you know what I mean. I mean if he's got mm-hmm, mm-hmm. anywhere near the kind of capabilities he had previously. Um, you would be potentially getting a good deal. And Charlie will have weighed this up himself. He's not a stupid boy. He will have weighed all this up, the prospects of coming home, it not working out, fans turning against yeah, we, him. We, he wouldn't he wouldn't want he wouldn't want to trot out there if he didn't no. you know if it if it was like a if it was like a testimonial, you know, and a, a sort of ceremonial role on you on you come, Charlie, show us show us what you used to do type thing. Give us a few give us a few glimpses. No, he'll he he'll be a, he's a proud footballer. That, that, that's right. And I doubt very much if if, if he's doing anything other than <laughs> thinking all of that through. He will know better than anyone himself uh, this, the state of his body physically, how fit he is, um, how long it might take him back to be in kind of tip-top condition. You will also want to know what kind of players he's got around about him. You know, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the, there are very, very few examples of one man absolutely making a team. You know, one man can come into a side that's maybe struggling for confidence or fitness or whatever and make a massive difference. But if he looks around and thinks, whoa, you know, that's a team of hammer throwers. I'm not going back there. Now, they're not. Dundee, that, that side that on the basis of what's there and on the basis of the signings that James McPeak has made, should be under a good shout of 
you know, at least running Hearts close-ish, I'd have thought. You know, they're, they're, one of, they're, the, they're the second biggest club in, in that division. Now, if Charlie can come in and add his nous and his experience and the gravitas and the ability that he brings, then that could be the difference between Dundee having a great season and a pretty mediocre season. And remember, it is that, that shortened season. So, you know, you will have thought all of those things through. You'll certainly not want to come back as a conquering local boy, you know, a local hero. Uh, and then not be able to perform or to do it. So, I mean, if the deal is done, if the deal is eventually done, you will know that Charlie knows in his own mind or thinks, is pretty sure in his own mind, that he's got all, you know, he can tick all of the boxes that will be required to, to come back and, and play a part. Well, cheers for that, Jim, and thanks again, Ian, as well. And apologies to all Dundee fans if you're listening to this and the deal to bring Charlie Adam back to Dens <laughs> has collapsed. And let's, <laughs> if that's the case, let's hope it happens in January, OK? Uh, thanks again guys and thanks for listening if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people to find talking football and that means a lot to us don't forget too to pick up your copy of The Courier Monday to Saturday or go to thecourier.co.uk slash subscribe to find out how to get our award-winning sport, business and local journalism across Tayside and Fife in the way that's right for you. The Courier. Local matters.